All right, everyone. Welcome to the Slightly Above Average Football Fan Podcast with Andrew Drozdak and Thomas Bowen. This is a podcast for slightly above average football fans, slightly below average football fans that want to learn more about the game. And if you're a football junkie, this is the podcast for you. We're glad you're here and we hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, here we are for season two, episode 22, and I'm here with my good buddy. He just finished his blog on his Star Wars fan page that he likes to call Digging Deep Into the Force about the new trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi's series on Disney+. Plus. Thomas Bowen. Thomas, I know you're fired up for that, that Star Wars content. Man, I can't wait. I think we're going to get some... Uh some some hat tips and some cameos from from boba fett and maybe pizza the hut and um yeah, you know yeah. I'm, i know i'm working in a, a much better movie here with space balls but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah no uh i know i know you're not really a star wars guy i kind of am um so you know hey we all have slightly different interests but we are here to talk about football which we both love so Let's first talk in our what the world section for anybody new. That is what I said. What the world, not what in the world, because my little niece Emery says it that way. First on the list, Thomas, we got a lot of NFL stuff and maybe, uh, you know, kind of guy going into the NFL when I look at our list. But first on the list, Calvin Ridley. What <laughs> the world you doing there, champ? So- Man, he's just trying to make a little cheese on the side. But does he need cheese on the side? <laughs> I would hope not. Yeah, I mean, what you doing that you need that cheese? Uh, so for anybody who might not know what we're talking about, Calvin Ridley is, as of right now, suspended for the entire upcoming NFL season because it was found that he was uh, putting a parlay bet. Was, was it on a side? It was on an app, right? Like a, a... Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if this was like a, through like a fan duel or something like that. But I will say one thing that was interesting, and I am not familiar with this, but I, I think I heard it referred to as a, as a two leg parlay or three leg parlay. And of course, right. as as you know, a parlay is you're picking multiple wagers on a card. You've got to hit all of those to win. Right. Right. Well, uh, apparently this I, and, and I could have this wrong, but let's say you've got a three leg parlay. You you put in amount on this three leg parlay. You don't have to pick all three games at once. You can right. pick that first game and then wait until you pick the next one. And of course, there's time constraints on that, but I thought that was a really interesting way to play a parlay. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, that is strange. And then uh, what I find so interesting is so apparently he was in the state of Florida making this bet where it is legal unless you play for the NFL. If you play for the NFL or many, any major sports league, I would imagine you can't bet on sports, like, and you can't go to Las Vegas for or be in a casino in Las Vegas for a lot of reasons. But what flagged him originally was he was he's putting in an out-of-state bank account. So that's one thing that made the the watchdog software go off. And then my understanding is like this software tracked it so quickly they realized, hey, wait a minute, this bank account belongs to an NFL football player. And they alerted the league, and that's how it all got found out. And I gotta say, my man Calvin really doesn't seem like he's getting it. Like he's on Twitter being like, listen, it was $1,500. Like, what's the big deal? You know, I know I shouldn't have done it, but y'all are going to suspend me for the whole year. And now there's a lot of people pointing out there's been guys who have done much worse things who were suspended for much less time. So I would think that that should be reduced at some point, but this just isn't smart. Like what, what are we doing? Yeah, it's really not. 
I mean, for, for starters, Calvin really needs to uh, probably get a, another financial institution, but also learn about VPN and maybe access a little bit of that. Correct. But, but the one thing that I took away from this um, is, so he has now been, for lack of a better term, convicted or has it admitted to gambling as an NFL football player. So right. regardless of the rest of his career, if we're following your logic, he will never be a Hall of Famer. Am I correct? I mean, you know, with what's happened to Pete Rose, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I guess the if you're splitting hairs, Pete Rose was active. He was a manager during those times. He had the ability to control the game. Calvin Ridley is saying, you know, hey, I wasn't even active. But he did have – I mean, he bet on the Falcons, right? So, I mean, he's got yeah. insider information. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that's just – yeah, just not great. This one's just kind of weird. Aaron Rodgers, uh, so now it's it's being reported he's going to sign with the Packers. Initially, it was reported he was signing with the Packers and going to have some astronomical deal, like some unheard of number. He's come out and been like, that's not true. Like, yes, I'm going to sign with the, the Packers, but I'm not making some, you know, unheard of amount that they've never done before, which is just odd, but it's just odd that he's going back. Like, he he held him hostage all last offseason, fell flat on his face in the playoffs, uh, let Jimmy G beat him. And uh not no no disrespect to Debo, but Jimmy G, good lord. Um <laughs> and so like I just don't get this move by him. Like he he's made it set up that like I want to leave Green Bay. I don't want to be in Green Bay anymore. And then he ends up coming back. Like, I guess just yeah. money talks. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but you, you said, you said, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's odd. You know, if there's anything I learn, I've learned about Aaron Rodgers over the years, particularly the last probably two years, he's a weird dude, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really put a whole lot of stock into a lot of the things he says. And so, but when I first saw that reported, I was like, oh, well, I was like, nothing really surprises me when it comes to those salaries anymore. But, but I was a little bit surprised that it came from where it did. Cause I, like you, I kind of thought he was going to be moving on at this point and probably just ride off into the sunset at another program. And let's, let's keep in mind, this is a man who took medical advice from Joe Rogan uh, about how to handle COVID and also was apparently doing a cleanse. We didn't even talk about this, a cleanse that involved him throwing up numerous times. Like just he, like you hit the nail on the head too. He's just a weird guy. Yeah, like I mean, he makes Brady look pretty normal. And yeah, and Brady is like terrified of strawberries. Correct, and yeah, thinks they're the devil. It's it's strange. Uh, quarterbacks, man, weird guys, weird guys. And then the most fun, and I guess most football related thing we got on the list for right now, the big monster out of Georgia, Jordan Davis ran. What did he run a four seven two? Is that right? Four seven eight. Holy cow! It's six which is the, the the fastest by anyone over three hundred pounds at the combine ever, and he's at three forty two. That's that's scary. And like somebody said, I think it was an NFL player or, or former NFL player said, "Imagine a guy that big chasing you that fast." Like, well, it wouldn't take he wouldn't chase me long because he would yeah. catch me pretty quick. Oh yeah, he's running me down in a step. But like you know, even I mean, good mm-hmm. lord, that's just wow. That is, I tried to, as as I was so blown away by this and, and I've got no one else other than the idiot dogs and then my wife to talk to about this in the house. And so I was trying to give her context and, 
And 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 you you tell me if this is fair. I said I said think back to when you were in high school in, in a in a, a smallish southeastern private school. I right. said and think about the best athletes in your high school, the fastest dudes on the soccer team. I said they probably couldn't run this fast, yeah. and they were like a tenth of the weight. That's exactly right. The hundred percent. I was like I was like you know you don't have any any dudes in that small private school running us. Sub four seven. Like a part of me wants to know: Was Jordan Davis like running the four by four hundred for his track team back in the day? Because I mean, he he could have been on that. I mean, that's that's moving. That's moving, especially at that size. I don't care who you are, or how big. I mean, allegedly, <clears throat> allegedly, Jerry Rice ran like a four seven. Like you know, that was the yeah. Day. I could I, I could believe that. And the, and the other thing about Jordan Davis is is. To have that much "quote unquote" top end speed, like you know, he's at the next level and and all completely at Georgia his whole career. Like right. he's not going to be running forty yard dashes. He's going to be running you know three four yard bursts, maybe a couple broken plays up the field. But so I just can't imagine what he's going to do at the next level. And I'm honestly really excited to watch it. I really hope he does well because I got to be honest, the last defensive tackle I was super pumped about. Well, I don't say the last, the one that I was convinced was like this guy's going to be a stud. Glenn Dorsey out of LSU. You remember Glenn Dorsey? Man? Oh, yeah. He just dominated yeah. people. And then he got to the league. I think he may have had some injury things, which is possible, yeah. but just, you know, never really panned out. So that's our what the world for this week. I mean, two really just crazy stories. And then just a Jordan Davis. I mean, listen, the Eagles have three first round draft picks. I'm not saying like use one on him. I'm just saying maybe think about it. Like, I mean, <laughs> depending who's available, we need, you know, Fletcher Cox is getting older. Let's have this guy come play some defense in, in Philly. But uh, all right, shifting gears to college football. And we're going to talk today, particularly about the Gamecocks. Um, you know, Thomas, obviously, uh, if you are a Gamecock fan, which you and I both are, we need some good news. Um, things have not been great for the past couple of weeks. Uh, this past weekend was just a toughie. Uh, you know, lost three against Clemson in baseball. Our our star team, which will still, in my, I still believe, can go on to do amazing things. Our women's basketball team, you know, had a heartbreaker uh, in the SEC tournament championship, and uh, the men's team, after winning four in a row, uh, fell flat. And so, yeah, I, I, I will say though, the uh, the first thing I thought about uh, when the women lost was I said because you know. Obviously, their, their ticket was punched. I mean, they, sure, yeah. they will probably still be, you know, one of the top seeds. But I kind of looked at it back to the glory days of South Carolina baseball when yeah. we didn't give a crap what happened in the SEC tournament. Right. And in fact, it was almost better to lose early and rest our guys and get right. ready for the big dance. Well, and I will say to, to keep it on women's basketball for just a second, my dad and I went to the girls game against uh, Tennessee when they were at colonial life and you know it was on abc and it was a sellout and like it was announced as a sellout whatever it was a straight up sellout like that i was yeah. in that i was at that game it was elbow to elbow like every seat was taken there were people everywhere you know congratulations to don staley and that team and what she's done for women's sports and women's basketball and college basketball but we are going to shift to college football and to our, our our south carolina gamecock football team the spring game is coming up and for the first time it's going to be a night kickoff, a 7 p.m. kickoff. Um, I will say, like, 22-year-old Andrew would have been super pumped about that. 38-year-old <laughs> Andrew's like, come on, man. I got I, That's just not good for me. Like, I can't 
I, you know, it's just right around bedtime for my daughter. Like I just, I gotta, I gotta stay up late. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, it, it's weird because uh, for me, it doesn't really matter one way or the other. I obviously don't have kids. And, and at the same time with the, with the night game though, I think one of the great benefits here is, are there, are there, there's never really any other spring games that are on at night. So we're going to be on prime time. I don't know if it's going to be on the SEC network, I'm assuming, but, but some sort of broadcast like that, you've got the nation's eyes on us. You've got Spencer Rattler coming in, which we're going to get into later. So from, from somebody who doesn't really have a dog in the fight as far as going to the game or, or, or putting kiddos down or anything, I love it. I think it's a great idea. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's something to make you stand out. It's something to make you stand out. Like you said, we'll be the only game on. Um, and there's a lot to be excited about, not just the way the season ended with the, the win at the Dukes-Mayo Bowl and how we looked in that bowl and, you know, things like that. But obviously you mentioned one of our transfers, Spencer Radler, but there's been several others that it seems as though we're going to make immediate impacts, which gets us right into like, what are we looking for at the spring game? And I mean, obviously we've already mentioned his name three times now, Spencer Radler quarterback coming from Oklahoma to South Carolina. Um, You know, a guy that last season at the beginning of last season was considered a a Heisman hopeful, Um, you know, and again, we, we hit on this in previous shows. There's, there's a sediment out there by some that, you know, he had this awful year. He, he didn't have an awful year. Uh, exactly. I just think there was some rumblings and maybe there was a young guy and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think he's looking for a fresh start. And here's the thing. This sort of thing goes one of two ways, in my opinion. And I'll use Will Muschamp, which is an awful name to <laughs> use in Carolina. There's When you have fallen on your face, so to speak, there's one of two ways you go. You know, Muschamp really fell on his face at Florida. It, it ended poorly for him. You know, went to Auburn, did that, da, 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 came to South Carolina, had, you know, a little flash, but then, again, fell on your face. So that just shows, hey, maybe you're just not made to be a head coach. You know, Spencer Radler gets kind of, in, in a lot of people's opinion, a bad, raw deal. Obviously, his head coach, Lincoln Riley, was doing some backdoor deals with Southern Cal. Who knows when that was coming, you know. <laughs> And so, you know, maybe this is a chance for him. He, he should be highly motivated. And he's put out some hype stuff and things like that of guys talking about, you know, the Colin Cowherds of the world and, and those type of guys saying, you know, hey, this guy's just not as good. I've never understood the hype around him or, you know, I just think he's not as good as we thought. There's nothing more motivation, motivational, in my opinion, than being doubted. And so he's certainly been doubted by a lot of people. So I'm excited to see him. Obviously, there's a lot about him. You know, the reason he was a Heisman hopeful and all those things, good size, very good arm. Uh, Thomas, you know, what about Radler is something you're looking forward to seeing? Um, I'm looking to see for for number one, as you mentioned it, is to see that uh, I want him to to feed off of all the doubters. Uh, I want him to to come in wanting to prove something. He knows that he's coming into um, a really good situation as far as being able to prove people wrong. He's going to be going, you know, against some of the best defenses in the country and the greatest conference in the country. Um, I want to see kind of how he's how how they center the offense around him. Make no mistake, you know, he's coming in, but I don't really see any way, uh, barring something crazy or, or God forbid, an injury, like he's going to be the starting quarterback this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're not going to see, as we know, we're not going to 
see a whole lot of anything in the spring game. Yeah. So I'm not going to put a lot of stock into that, but, but I, I really want to see how this offense is designed around him, particularly with a very, very veteran offensive line in front of him, which we'll get into a little bit later. And this is the year that for Marcus Satterfield, much maligned as much as, as we have called him to the mat on this show many times, there's there are no more excuses for him. Like it's put up or shut up. Like, so I want to see some offense this year. I totally agree with you. The cupboard is absolutely not bare. And at this point, you could say it's 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 overflowing. You've got a high flight quarterback, you know, Josh Van really stepped up as a wide receiver last year. Um, you know, you've got other wide receivers. We'll talk about the other transfer, Antoine Wells, here in a second. But, you know, you have guys like Jaheim Bell, who, who's kind of in this, you know, explosive, crazy role that he was uh, in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. How can you build on that and use him in that Swiss Army knife way? Also, obviously, you got Austin Stogner also coming from Oklahoma. You know, I'm excited about the potential and I've been doing this all year long and I mean goodness gracious hopefully maybe he's motivated by doubters EJ Jenkins is entirely too big and entirely too athletic to not have a major impact and and so I just got to think that's going to happen but let's circle back is it's Antoine right that's how I say his first name yeah Antoine Antoine Wells come out of James Madison very fast set every single set second Every single season record, easy for me to say, at that school. And from all reports, you know, granted, they haven't done team practices yet, a lot of weight room work and stuff like that. And I'm sure he's throwing, but everything you read on the internet says he's the real deal. He could be very exciting to watch. Uh, most receiving yards in a season, most touchdowns in a season at 15. He had 1,250 receiving yards. Average one of the things that stood out to me: average fifteen yards of reception, which is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. now I, I know say, well, he's playing James Madison against James Madison. That's a fair point at that. But one of the things that I do like about this kid, based on things I've heard from him and pressers, things I've read from insiders, is he is one of those athletes, and we see him. You know, not every athlete is this way, but. He wants to, every time he steps on the field, he is very vocal about the fact he wants to dominate the person in front of him. He wants to dominate everybody on the field. He wants to be the best player on the field. And he just has, it's almost a maniacal drive to him. And so I think that's one of the things that, that, that pushed him towards South Carolina was he's like, all right, I've done it at this level. I want to go to the next level. I want to go against the best competition and do it there. So I have really high hopes for this kid. I mean, I agree with you 100%, and I, I've heard the same and read the same that you have about his kind of mentality, this, you know, I'm, I'm coming for you. I'm going to embarrass you every play. You know, kind of that old Steve Smith senior, you know, ice up, son, you know, mentality. I'm going to come get you. I love that in, in, a, in a player and a wide receiver, and that's, that's fantastic. I mean, you've got a group of guys that, I mean, really your entire offensive room ought to be sitting there going – Guys, all anybody want to talk about last season was how bad we were. We weren't very good at offense. Marcus Satterfield can sit there and say, guys, they said I'm terrible. There's people who wanted me fired, you know, that that I should have been gone in one year. And, you know, that ought to be your motivation all spring, all summer, all, you know, that ought to be something as an offense. You're you're talking, you're, you're, you know, posting all over the offensive meeting rooms, all the quotes, you know, play, play us on a loop. Good Lord. You could, you could play several episodes of this show and you'd hear a lot of negative talk, but 
you know, they ought to be motivated. And it's going to take leaders um, to, you know, to harness that right. And I think we have the coaching staff for that. And I hope that we have the players for that. I'm very happy that Josh Van came back. I know his draft grade probably wasn't amazing or whatever. I know, I believe he just, I think he may have just had a child. So, I mean, there's some, some understanding life decisions that if he needed to go to the league, of course, the NIL stuff may help him there to make a little bit of money. But like, that's a guy I feel like in the past and other situations under other coaching staffs would have gone to the NFL, even if his grade was a mid to, you know, third to fourth round pick, he's, you know, Hey, I'm going to go test the waters. And he said, you know what, I'm coming back. Um, So I think that says a lot about the culture of the program. And I just think it's going to be really exciting. Um, Thomas, you mentioned my next item, you know, a minute ago, our (laughs) offensive line, Um, our offensive line ought to get, Again, they ought to be motivated because they've heard it all season or all no, they did hear it all season and probably of all off season. It will be, and that will be the question. I, I, I feel as though last season we heard, you know, South Carolina on offense will only go as far as their quarterback and wide receivers take them. This season, you've got an established quarterback. You've even got several established wide receivers at this point, mm-hmm. both transfers and returning guys. You've got a running back room that you've got good transfers in there and some guys with experience that now the question is going to be who's blocking for them and how well of a job are they going to – or how good of a job are they going to do that. And that ought to be a motivating factor for this offensive line. Yeah, and, and a lot of a, a lot of solid depth on offensive line, but as I mentioned earlier, veterans. I mean, if you look on, on what we project – to be the, the starting offensive line. So Eric Douglas is center returning. He's a senior. We've talked before about how he really does a good job when you let him call out protection schemes. Some of our best running games were, were that uh, whenever he was calling those things out. But you look up and down the line beside him, and it's 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 senior, senior, junior, junior, sophomore. It's it's a lot of a lot of good depth and a lot of quality experience there. So there's no excuse for that group either. Well, and all uh, saying along those same lines. There isn't a new offensive line coach, which people called for, including me. There isn't a new offensive coordinator, which people called for, including me. And me too. and you and, and so the the good of that is we're not learning a brand new system. No one's coming in mm-hmm. other other than Spencer Radler and, and other transfers. These these offensive linemen, these returning wide receivers, returning running backs, they ought to know the terminology. They ought to know the ins and outs. We, we should not hear communication error, communication issues. Thomas, that might be our shirt when we finally make our merch for the, for the pod. That's what it's going to say. No more communication issues. Um, because <laughs> that ought to not be a thing. You know, you hear often players make their biggest jump from year one to year two. And obviously that's true. That should also be true in this system. You should have a jump in understanding and nuance and offensive line, you know, you and I've talked about this. You're only as good as an offensive lineman in many cases as the guy beside you, as you know, if you're the center, the two guards, if you're a guard, the center and the tackle, and really as a tackle, the guard, and maybe the tight end beside you. So they got to work well together as much of a unit. Cause you can have, we saw it and we pointed it out during times last season where it seemed like everybody, but one guy, may have known what was going on. Well, if that one guy doesn't know what's going on, it messes everything up and it becomes an issue. And so that sort of thing ought to go away. 
And that's what you should be excited about as a Gamecock fan. Shifting to the other side of the ball, there's a few trans. Oh, go ahead. What you got? I did. I didn't want to. And I would be remiss if we didn't at least touch on what I think is a very key uh, new piece to the offense in the running back room, and that is transfer Christian Beal Smith, running yep. back from Wake Forest. Um, and and I I, I want to bring him up because even with with the running back room of we've got Juju McDowell back, uh, Marshawn Lloyd, I think. Again, barring something crazy, injury, something like that, going into the fall, I think Beal Smith could be our starting running back. Solid year at Wake last year in, in that very interesting offense we talked about, but there are no excuses left. I agree, and you're right. I'm glad you stopped me there. Um, Carroll from Georgia, who oh, yeah. is a is he was recruited as and had had a couple snaps here and there, but but is originally by trade as a running back. So we've got him coming in too, which is a little bit more of a beefier kind of between the tackles back. So a lot of depth there, man. All right, let's talk about the defense here. Um, you know, got some guys, obviously some talented players um, that have, you know, gone to the NFL like a, a J.J. Enick Barre and, and, and guys of the like. But we got some guys back to be excited about, uh, Cam Smith in particular. Um, I like Darius Rush and, and his attitude. I think he's a guy that's a grinder. Um, obviously top, one of our top recruits, Stone Blanton coming in at linebacker. Um, you know, uh, he's not on campus yet, right? He's not an early grad. No, I don't think so. And I totally forgot about it. I'm glad you mentioned him. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited about that. Um, got a transfer out of NC state at defensive end, you know, and here's the thing. If you looked at the Gamecocks last football season and said, what was their strength? Defense would be what you would say. For and, sure. you know, one of the things you and I mentioned on more than one occasion was it felt like in some cases that was being done with smoke and mirrors. And we have more depth. You don't have the uh, the the big star transfer, a big Spencer Radler coming in. Some guys that have got some experience, some guys that are, are, are you know, thought of well. But, I, you know, in Clayton, we trust here. He's got a really good – uh, you know, system, we feel like. And also you've got guys who are returning football players from that last year's team that are going to, you know, uh, hopefully continue to develop in Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch, Alex Huntley. You know, that defensive line group has some has some highly thought of guys on it that, you know, we really want to see development out of. And again, it's that jump from step one or year one to year two. Thomas, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's definitely, of course, it's going to hurt losing people like Enigbare, Aaron Sterling up front, which, by the way, you see, Enigbare did not have a good combine day. I I, yeah. I don't need to get into those numbers, but not good for him. So hopefully he makes up for that. But point being is, so losing those two guys are going to hurt. But when you've got people like Jordan Birch and Jordan Strawn coming back on the edges, your defensive tackles were probably looking like you mentioned Pickens and then Rick Sandage, who missed all of last year, who missed, I think, all of last year with an yep. injury, right? Yep. Yep. Who's got a ton of experience as well. But what I really think is going to be key here is getting Sherrod Green back. You, everybody may remember he got hurt early in the Georgia game last year and was really one of the big anchors, kind of the captains of the defense back there. Linebacker with good speed, hard hitter, downhill guy. So I think it'll be great to get him back. Um, and then it, they're backed up. He and Brad John 
Outside of the linebackers, they're backed up by Mo Cobb and Debo Williams, other guys who had some flashes this last year and had a lot of experience. There's a lot of depth there. I really think that Ferris and I think we're good to go there. So I, I'm, I'm happy with the defense here as well. Yeah, I agree. All right. So overall, that's kind of what we're looking forward to at, with the spring. You know, um, the night crowd and, and night game, we've talked a little bit about that. But, um, you know, just one quick or two quick things about a look around college football. I think the thing that I really want to talk just, you know, very briefly about Oklahoma. You know, we've mentioned the two transfers we've got. They've had almost everybody transfer out. Uh, Brent Venables, you know, is a very good coach. We, we think highly of him. What does, in your opinion, Thomas, and just, you know, obviously we haven't seen anything. You and I aren't Oklahoma Sooner fans and following message boards or any of that. What are you expecting out of Oklahoma? I think it's going to be a, a, a hallmark, a hallmark uh, Brent Venables defense because he can make, uh, you know, chicken salad out of chicken crap when it comes to defense. Right. It's really going to come down to offense and not knowing what they have that is coming back or what they've gotten in the portal. That's what it's going to be. They could win a lot of low scoring games. I would agree with that because on offense, a lot of those guys went with Lincoln, uh, you know, or elsewhere. Some came here with us and and stuff like that. So, you know, and the other one thing I want to say before we wrap up, this is just a quick little stopgap show as we get ready for the spring game. We'll have a longer show when we break that down. NIL, Thomas, we're, you know, we are, we, we've had an off season now. We're getting into a second season with it. I, you know, is it, you know, you have the guys who were the doom and gloom guys that said it's going to destroy college football. It hasn't done that. But it has certainly changed the landscape. I mean, Spencer Rattler is driving around in a brand new truck. Yeah, it has changed the landscape. And I think it's, it's changing for the better. You know, we, we've talked about it at, at length before, but I think it's fun. And, and, and it gives a lot of these some of the smaller schools, it gives them a leg up. The Jacksonville States, you know, to get the top recruits because they've got some juice behind them in alumni. So, I think it's going to be fun to see what happens. I do too. And all right. So that's a good, that's a good spot to put us in. Like I said, guys, we will be back soon. We're kind of in the off season now, obviously in college football and in ours as well. We'll be back after the South Carolina spring game. Talk about our breakdown there. Obviously there'll be other spring games in between and a lot to talk about at that time. Bowen has always enjoyed it, my man. And tell the people what everyone tell them as we go. Yeah, man, it was good to be back. Looking forward to a final spring wrap-up before the summer. And uh, everybody, we are into March, and make sure you get your pre-emerging out. That's absolutely right. All right, see you soon, everyone. Peace.